Hello and welcome to The Good Robot Andy's Season 7, Episode 1. Wow. My name is Andy Balam and this is... Andy Cockerill, who's happy. It's like Season 7. Yeah, Season 7. We've just finished watching The Walking Dead Season 7. Ah, now uh, remind me what happens in season seven. In season seven is the season where you wonder why you're still watching. Oh, okay. Is the one with Negan? Yes, it's the first season with Negan. Oh man, that's my least favourite season. It's um, it felt a lot like, like, um, I was only watching because I'm unable to stop something partway through. Yeah, yeah. I think Jeffrey Dean Morgan is a decent actor, but. He's not given a lot to do with Negan. That's Negan. It's oh, very yeah. one-note performance. Yeah, it is. But I yeah. think... That, uh, anyway, I'm waiting. I've got seasons eight and nine waiting to watch. Okay, so, uh, so hopefully on, the, on the upside, season eight is really quite a lot better. Good. It, yeah. <coughs> it feels a bit like they've um, run out of ideas. So, yeah, I've, I've heard they haven't. Surprised. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as a point of note, uh, most shows run for seven seasons, so we're into our... If this is it, we're into our final season. <laughs> we're just getting started. We're just getting started, yeah. We're, we're more Walking Dead than Sopranos. Oh, totally, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why they run for seven seasons, but that is generally the norm. Is, you know, although right. we could do seven well, seasons in a movie. So When do they peak, though? That's the question. Around well, season two, normally. I think Next Gen peaked at season three, probably. Uh, but is this yeah, a Star Trek yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think most seasons peak, yeah, two or three, and then they just coast along until the end. What about The Wire? Season one? Season one. Hmm. Yeah, probably season one. Um, but, I, but I don't think it goes downhill from there. It's just not quite as good. Yeah, it, yeah, I think, yeah, that's right. I don't think it's, there's a decline. I just think it's hard to compete with the unbelievable amazing. It's just so quotable. The trouble is I can't quote any of it on this podcast, <laughs> but I will when we've finished. There's a couple so, of quotes that I've been so, quoting this week at work. <laughs> so the film that we're talking about tonight is... Lady Bird. Lady Bird. Yes. And um, do you want to do some any other business before I give my yeah, summary? Yeah, I've got or? a couple of any other business. So the first one is the Oscar nominations, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which uh, obviously when listener gets to this, this will already be out of date. But, um, well, no, they won't. Well, I'll, maybe. I'll upload it tonight. Um, if we get on with it. And that is that Joker, yeah, all right. Uh, Joker <laughs> has received 11 nominations. Okay. Which seems excessive to me. Yeah, you're not, you're not so keen on Joker. I'm a not, lot of people no. People think it's amazing. Yeah, I know they do. Um, I'm not saying they're wrong, but maybe they are. But they're not right. <laughs> they're not right, no. Not right in their head, maybe. Um, I, you know, it, it's a good movie, and as I've said, as I say to everybody, and I said on this pod, Joaquin Phoenix is good in it, but he was better in You Were Never Really Here, and he didn't receive right. an Oscar for that. Right. So I mean, they 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 are all about um, mainstream movies that take themselves too seriously. Yeah, and Joker is an absolute example of that. Right, right. right. Yeah. Well, without having watched it, I have formed a, a complete opinion on it. Okay, so. However, what is interesting is is that if Phoenix wins, it will be the third actor to have won for the same character. That is interesting. So Nicholson won, Heath Ledger won posthumously, and if Phoenix wins, then he then it proves that that role is just stone cold, just um, it's uh, Oscar territory. It's Oscar bait. Yeah. Are there yeah. any other roles that have won more than one Oscar for that? That is a good question. Actor? I think. Um, that's uh, one to look up maybe Listener, later on. I think you yeah. should tutors on Rastodon. That's a good point. If you know the answer. Do you say Rastodon? No, but I mean, now I want to go and register that domain. <laughs> that's amazing. Rastodon. <laughs> no, I, I said Mastodon. Okay. I meant, to, I meant to say Mastodon. Okay, that's cool. Um, yeah, so, well, you could um, always you could um, tweet us on some legacy social media as well. Let us you, know. If you must. Either. No, he, yeah. Either which role has indeed been um, nominated or awarded multiple mm. Oscars for its actor, or which role should have been. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I mean, I, I suspect we'll probably have to go quite a long way back to find an example of uh, probably things like Sam Spade from the, um, that was played by Humphrey Bogart and other actors. 
uh, in those. Who's Sam Spade? He's a um, character written by. No, somebody's probably going to correct me on this. I think Raymond Chandler. Right. So I think he's the the character in things like the Maltese Falcon. Okay. Okay. But I, my my knowledge of the that era of Hollywood is extremely shaky. So I, I'm probably wider the mark there. Cool. Um, cool. Oh no! Hang on! Hang on a second. Philip Marlowe. Philip Marlowe ah, is but, the character I'm thinking of. And right, he, he's he's out of he the, was played the by famous. multiple actors. Yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking of. Three in particular. Elliot Gould played Philip Marlowe, as did Robert Mitchum, and wow. Humphrey Bogart. Listener, the, watching Andy C's brain working is pretty You can amazing. see the steam coming out of my ears. <laughs> and you can see the cogs moving. It's, oh. a, it's, it's a weird episode because um, I've got better internet now, so I can see Andy C really clearly. Well, this is not always a good thing. <laughs> And you said you could see me really clearly as well, yes. so maybe we'll be able to hear each other clearly too. I can certainly hear you very clearly. Good. Can you hear me, Claire and Fandango? Um, yeah. So the other, the other bit of any other business is is kind of tangential, tangential mm-hmm. um, to what I was just talking about. But I was listening to Mark Kermode's film program on Radio Five Live, actually via podcast, via the medium of the podcast. Yeah, they could do with a bit of. Um, <clears throat> a bit of help with getting their podcast some, uh, I some think listeners. So. So yeah, I think uh, so. Let's big them up a bit. And he was talking about you know the event that happened in December, the, the German election, uh-huh. and saying he felt like... So this is an exorcist thing. We're, we're <laughs> going to move into the exorcist now, which, if listening needs reminding, is my pick for the number one horror movie of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. And it's Mark Kermode's pick for the number one movie. Ever. 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 <laughs> yes. Um, he said... He was reminded of the scene in The Exorcist where <laughs> Father Karras is sitting talking to Father Dyer mm-hmm. and he says, um, I'm in real trouble. I, you know, his, his mother's just died. Mm-hmm. He's feeling immense amounts of guilt. And he says, I'm in real trouble. I just don't think I can do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And Father Dyer says, but you're, you're the best of us. You know, we come to you with our problems. You're, mm-hmm. you're the counsellor at the at the university you know mm-hmm. everybody looks up to you and he says yeah i know but and there's a big pause and he says i think i've lost my faith mm-hmm. and it was at it was that point mm-hmm. that mark comode reminded me via the medium of his podcast that the exorcist is not just about reagan being possessed it's about father Karras losing his faith yeah and then regaining his faith at a time when it's absolutely necessary for him to do so and then because when he um, goes to see Reagan, then cursing himself, yes, in order to save to save her, her, yeah. Um, and Como said that I feel like Father Karras in that scene. I feel I've lost my faith, mm-hmm. but I need something to bring it back for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean the bit uh, the bit that the election reminded me of was the bit where her head spins around and then she pukes green vomit. Yeah, there's that. There's also the bit in Raiders where the Nazis' heads blow up, right now and melt. Yeah. No, that's what I wish had happened, but didn't. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, do you want to give me a, a summary for cool. Lady Bird? So Lady Bird is a rollicking Disney adventure. Yes, come on. Um, it's, I mean, why has there not been a Disney film up till now? Called Lady Bird. About, about a ladybird. They're very brightly coloured and nice looking creatures. Yep. yep. Um, That's legit. They're really beetles, which could be sort of interesting story. They are really beetles, yes. And um, it will it it's voiced, so it's it's a rollicking Disney adventure about a ladybird that gets lost and eventually finds her way home. And she is voiced by oh okay, um, Ooh. that one out of um. Oh no, I can't remember names of films or people. Oh no. This is where I say, okay, what happens in it? <laughs> when was it made? Who directed it? Um, it's, it's, uh, Charlie's Angels. The one out oh, of Charlie's Angels. Which one? There's three of them. Yeah. Not Lucy Liu. Uh, Cameron Diaz. Not Cameron Diaz. Oh, Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Must be Drew Barrymore by yeah. the process of elimination. Voiced, voiced by Drew Barrymore. Not Bill Murray. And, Containing a number of other celebrities in very obvious uh, role, you know, you can tell it's them. Ah, oh, okay. So obvious voice cameos. 
Yeah. And the, the reason kind, why... Yeah. Well, not even cameos, voice roles, right? Mm, okay. Um, and the reason why you've chosen it is because... <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> I don't know why you've chosen it. Oh, it's a mystery to me why you've chosen it. Okay. Okay. So I will go into the reason why I've chosen this. It's because... I remember it was either during our Midsommar. Midsommar, which was the previous episode. Or uh, the one we, where we talked about mid-90s. Which was the one before. The, the last two episodes both began with mid. Yes. Yes, they did. Planning. Isn't bad that planning. bizarre? Isn't that bizarre? <laughs> so um, so I, I remember saying, um, talking about... No, no, what I remember doing was talking about Lady Bird and Lady then Bird. forgetting the director's name because... Gre- Greta Thunberg was in the news mm-hmm. big time mm-hmm. and I was like hang on no it's not Greta Thunberg what is it <laughs> and then I thought oh no it's Greta Gerwig Greta Gerwig and I had to look okay. that up because I completely okay. forgot mm-hmm. um, there's only room in your brain for one Greta for one Greta at a time yes indeed yeah. um, in fact there's probably only room in my brain for one thought at a time but <laughs> it just happened that one, was, <laughs> one, one of the thoughts was followed by another thought with the same name indeed Yes, and they got the the streams got crossed. Is <laughs> what happened. Don't cross the streams. No, um, and it's kind of interesting because again on the Oscars, Greta mm-hmm. Gerwig has directed a a new film adaptation of um, uh, Little Women, which has oh, really? received fantastic reviews. Oh, I've nearly fallen asleep just from you saying okay, that. Okay, no, I knew I knew you would, but. Um, <laughs> And she hasn't been nominated for Best Director for this film. Actually, I'm probably... Uh, like Because anything will make me cry because I've reached the, that age where that is true. Yeah. I, I'd probably love it. I think you probably I've, would. I've never read it. Or no, me neither. Or consumed it in any way. I've seen a bit of the version that came out in the 90s that's got Winona Ryder mm-hmm. in and, fa- mm-hmm. and thought it was syrupy and mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. But But there is reliably... I've heard much more to it than just a syrupy story. You know, it's a story okay. about women trying to come to terms with being women in a certain period of time. Yeah, and um, being quite small. So she hasn't been... Yes, they're tiny. Tiny women. They're tiny women. Um, so she hasn't been nominated for Best Director, which is a travesty. Okay. Anyway. Or maybe the film's not very good. Well, uh, I can't possibly be as good as Joker. <laughs> okay, I'll just let that... I'll just let that hang in the air there for a while, like a bad smell. <laughs> well, you've got to watch the film before you say it's better than Joker. That's true, yeah. But I, I think based on Joker, most films that I could see would be better than Joker. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I, I've got to watch it because you know, I'm a sucker for... I think you would enjoy it. I think um, you would enjoy it because it is very bleak. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. yeah. Um, no. Okay, so Lady Bird... Yep. Is a oh, yeah. tw- 2017 American independent comedy drama film mm-hmm. written and directed by Greta Gerwig, not Greta Thunberg. Oh, written and directed. Yes, in her solo directorial debut. So she has okay. worked with her husband, Noah Baumbach, mm-hmm. Baumbach who is a very prolific uh, film director in, in his own right. Mm-hmm. Um, they've worked together on quite a few movies, but this, this Lady Bird is her solo directorial movie. And has she written other things as well? Or, uh, I think she's yeah. written with Noah Baumbach before. Okay, okay. And written other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it has an ensemble cast that includes Saoirse Ronan, who's a terrific Irish actress. Laurie Metcalf, who is just a stalwart of American cinema and theatre. She was in Roseanne for many years. Who was she in Roseanne? She was the, the friend. I can't remember oh. the character's name. I want to say Stella or something. Yeah, I'm not sure. But she was she was that character mm-hmm, for the mm-hmm. entire run of Roseanne. Really, mm-hmm. really great actress, Laurie mm-hmm. Metcalf. She's got one of those faces where you think, oh, yeah, I've, I've seen you in loads of stuff. Um, Tracy Letts. Watched a lot of Roseanne. Yeah. Uh, Tracy Letts, who is um, a playwright, film director. He plays Lady Bird's dad. He's a terrific actor. He was actually in one season of... Homeland, if listener right. has seen Homeland, he played the, the director of the CIA. Um, he's a very, very fine actor. Uh, Lucas Hedges, Timothée Chalamet, who is I'm like... I'm presuming it is, a, it is indeed a Disney animation. It is not a Disney animation. Oh. <laughs> no. Uh, and it doesn't feature any um, ladybirds or beetles. Okay. As far as I know. Strange name. Um, but Beanie Feldstein, Feldstein... 
whatever. Uh, Stephen McKinley, Henderson, and Lois Smith. So it's got a large ensemble cast. Okay, so those are all kind of important yeah. people. Um, it's set in Sacramento, California, between the fall of, or the autumn, if you're in Britain, uh, of 2002 and the summer of 2003. Mm-hmm. It's a coming-of-age story of a high school senior and her strained relationship with her mother. So when they say high school senior, do they mean end of university? No. So before university. Okay. So a high school senior would be, for us, I think sixth form. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and this is uh, largely autobiographical. So it's this is Greta Gunberg's Greta Greta Gerwig's. <laughs> See, I just I just, mixture between I just mixed those two names Gerwig. together. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's all right. I think pe- people will understand. They'll understand that I'm a complete dunce. The one listener will understand. There's only <laughs> the one room listener. for one Greta. Yes. There's, there can be only one. Yeah. Name the movie. They should fight. Um, uh, I can remember completely the movie, but I've forgotten the name of it. Highlander. <laughs> Highlander. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I like to think that I'm a really good foil for a podcast like this. Because you don't know anything. Because <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> and I can't recall any facts. So I could just say any old rubbish and you'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah, Highlander, yeah, yeah, yeah. Highlander's a great film. It is good. The film premiered at the Telluride Film Festival in 2017. Uh, critics praised the screenplay and direction and the performances of Saoirse Ronan and Laurie Metcalf. Uh, and it was chosen by Time magazine as one of the 10 best films of the year. Okay. Of 2017. At the 90th Academy Awards, so that would have been in 2018, it earned five nominations, Best Picture, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actress, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Director. And at so, Golden Globes, the film won two awards, Best Motion Picture, Musical and Comedy, and Best Actress for Saoirse Ronan. So this seems like a film that has had enough accolades that it ought to be more on my radar than it is. I think that's probably true, yeah. So why isn't it on my radar? I don't so, really know. I, so I, I don't pay attention? Maybe. I think uh, maybe maybe also to do with marketing. In that, I don't think it was marketed all that well. Okay. So although, because I listen to a lot of movie podcasts and read, you know, several movie magazines every month, it was on my radar. What are you doing mm-hmm. with that pencil? Just holding Listen. it up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just holding up a pencil. Uh, for listeners' I'm not trying interest, to indicate anything. <laughs> Andy was kind of <laughs> moving it across the screen like it was an, like it was animated or something. <laughs> For uh, for listeners' interest, and Andy was just demonstrating to you, listener, what I was doing yes. by moving his own hand, which is not something you're able to observe in no, an audio no, format. But it's quite amusing. <laughs> <laughs> so this yeah. movie opens with. I haven't dropped it yet. So this movie is unusual, I think, in in filmic terms, in that most films feature a troubled young man and their relationship with one or both of their parents mm-hmm. and their troubled relationship with one or both of their parents or members of their family doesn't usually feature you know women young women don't usually feature particularly uh women and their mothers their relationships are not very well represented on film mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. this this movie is all about that and mm-hmm. it opens with um uh, Saoirse Ronan and Laurie Metcalf driving along in a car and Laurie Metcalf as her mum is just talking, 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 talking basically giving her quite a hard time about something and you see Saoirse Ronan's eyes just glaze over and then you see her reach for the door latch and she just j- jumps out of the car whilst it's moving <laughs> and it's such a it's such a shocking moment that you think yeah. This person has really had enough of this, and this right. is the way that they're letting the audience and her mum know that she's had enough of this. So, right, so you're paying attention. Yes, you pay attention very quickly, because it's mm. the way it starts is quite mundane. Someone's getting a bit of a hairdryer in the car, and suddenly they just jump out of the car. <laughs> um, and so she spends some of the first part of the movie with a cast on, because she's, you know, got an injury. Right, right, right. right. Um, 
so she gives herself the name Ladybird. Okay. And she longs Why? to... Why? Ad- because she's got an, an ugly beetle-like underbelly, but a beautiful that's outer shell. N- that's never really um, alluded to, actually, but that, that's a pretty good explanation, actually. Although she's not unattractive, maybe she considers herself considers herself to yeah, have a hard like exterior. Yeah. And an ug- ugly underside. Maybe. 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 Um, but she wants to attend a prestigious college in a city with culture she considers Sacramento to be a cultural wasteland mm-hmm. um, and not worthy of her. Uh, she wants to go live on the East Coast somewhere despite the fact that her family is struggling financially. Her dad is not doing well at work, that kind of thing. And her mother, Marion, played by Laurie Metcalf, tells her quite a lot of the time that she's ungrateful for what she has, which is probably not a nice thing to be told repeatedly. Um, but Lady Bird and her best friend Julie join their school theatre programme where she develops a crush on classmate Danny O'Neill, who's played by Timothée Chalamet, um, who is playing, who is currently, I think still shooting, uh, Dune, which is directed by Denis Villeneuve. There's a new Dune. There is. It's going to be out this winter in the Star Wars slot, so December okay. release. Is it going to be as boring as the old Dunes? I think it's going to be a good Dune. I think we've just lost our remaining listener. <laughs> no, so, yeah, they'll be like, oh, Dune? Oh, really? <laughs> no, really? no, because I insulted it. Listener, come back, come back. Um, uh, so so her da- her mum, uh, you know, sort of sees that Lady Bird is kind of struggling a bit and says, well, go and find a job. Go and get a job working at a coffee shop. Um, she meets a kid called Kyle. They begin dating and, you know, things kind of start to settle down a bit and she starts to desert the whole theatre programme thing. Um, and then gradually things sort of settle down. She finds out that her dad has lost his job and you know money is even tighter than it was. But she decides, you know, the sort of the family pulls together and um she uh, she gets accepted into a New York college. Okay, which it's is quite kind a big of her deal. dream. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <coughs> um, and she can afford tuition and financial aid um, with her father's help, who's found another job. Um, her parents take her to the airport, but her mum uh, refuses to go in and say goodbye which is quite a big moment. It's quite a powerful right. uh, so kind her, of... Her mum doesn't want her to go? Or? No, I just don't think she wants to acknowledge that she's leaving and kind of... She, she wants to can't take it. She wants to control the situation. You know, it's quite a, it's quite right. a strange, mm. controlling relationship that she has with her. Right, right, right. Um, that sounds real. I presume that's what really happened. Yeah, presumably. Um, but then she has a change of heart. She drives back to the airport only to find mm-hmm. that she's already cleared. She's mm-hmm. already on the plane and left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, where she cries in her husband's arms, who tells her that, you know, it's okay, she'll be back and she'll probably, her own fault. She'll probably forgive you. Um, so she arrives, Lady Bird arrives in New York. Um, she finds several letters in her luggage, which... Um, her mother had written and discarded, but her father salvaged them and put them in her luggage for her to read. Okay, so the troubled relationship with the mother is the key thing that's going on here. It is the key thing, yeah. It's the thing that mm-hmm. runs through the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and she starts using her birth name again. And um, she then she phones home and leaves a very apologetic voicemail for her mum. And thanks her for everything that she's done for her. So it's kind uh-huh. of, it is funny in places. I think the opening with the, where she jumps out of the car is shocking and funny at the same time, mm-hmm. but does kind of set the tone for the rest of the movie. Uh-huh. Uh, performances is just amazing. It's all very is, real. Have we got to the end? Is that the end? That is the end. Oh, I yeah. see. Okay. So yeah. it's kind of a happy ending in a way. Kind of, but it's the... It, I think in so many in so many important relationships that people have in their lives, 
they never get to tell each other to their face how they feel about each other mm-hmm. because her mum refuses to go into the airport to say goodbye. Mm. Um, she discarded the letters that she was going to send to her, but her, but her husband kept them. And mm. and then she she gets, she sends a voicemail while she records a voicemail saying, you know, how much she appreciates everything that's done for her. But they don't tell any, any of that to each other. Yeah. So, so they're still definitely struggling, yeah. This is probably ringing a bell with a lot of listeners because, you know, families are strange things. Yeah. And people don't talk to each other when they should do. Um, so in that respect, it feels very realistic. And mm-hmm. the, all the performances are very grounded and real. And mm-hmm. um, it's, it's a terrific movie, Lady Bird. Probably didn't get seen by enough people. Had a budget of 10 million to 79 million, which isn't bad. Yeah. Um. And I think for, particularly for Greta Gerwig, for her for her directorial solo directorial debut, it's a really strong piece of work. Right. It sounds like the kind of film that launches a career, if she wanted it, with more definitely and more actiony films that are likely to get a wider audience. Yeah, maybe. I think Little Women is is probably doing well at the box office. Right. Um, because it's a, uh, it's a known property. Yeah, it is. Um, like it, you know, if you whether you like it or not, it's a known property. Well, sorry, I just nodded off for a second. So, <laughs> uh, so it's filmed. I'm just having a look here. Uh, filmed in a, in and around Los Angeles, with additional shooting in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, wanted to shoot on Super 16, but ultimately shot on digital. Digital. Yeah, because it's cheaper. And better. Yeah, probably. Uh, She also banned cell phones on the set. Wow. Which is a policy uh, borrowed from Noah Baumbach. Did you... uh, Did I tell you about how when I went to see A Perfect Circle, the um, phones were banned? Were they? Yeah. A Perfect Circle being being a spin-off band with members from... Tool and a, and a couple of other... Yeah, because uh, I have heard of them. So I Tool think also, that's good. Um, Tool also ban all phones from their, their gigs. When was like, this? Um, a year or two ago. Really? Recently. Okay, so yeah. quite recent. So how so did they you, enforce that? So you, you can have it in your pocket, you just can't get it out. Right. So uh, if you get it out of your pocket, you are escorted out of the venue. Okay. And we saw someone who, who had lifted up their phone to take a, a photo or a video and yeah. we saw them get escorted out of the venue. Cool. Well, I'm glad um, that they did that. And I I uh I mean it's it's a harsh policy but like everyone was present at that gig. Yes. It was a it was a really positive experience. Yeah, I mean, we, it was a very yeah. good gig. That's great. The audience was involved. They were very present because they had to be. Yeah. Yeah. So um yeah. That I seems like, like a good thing to me. I like this, yeah. I mean what what are you doing going to a live event and then holding up a phone and looking at your phone? It's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, How self absorbed and self obsessed do you have to be to do that? I mean why are you doing that? Are you doing it so that you've got a good video to watch later? Because it, it won't be good. Guaranteed. Yeah. I mean what <laughs> Or is it? Are you doing it to prove you were there? Because couldn't wouldn't like a five second video be enough to prove that you were there? Yeah, or just a ticket stub would be enough to prove you were there. <laughs> yeah, or just remember that you were there. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, anyway, sure. anyway, it was an excellent uh, gig. Having seen, I've seen Tool live uh, once, and I was really disappointed, given that Tool are one of my favourite bands in the world. Yeah. Um, but seeing a Perfect Circle live. At Brixton Academy, which is my favourite venue. That's a good venue, yeah. Was yeah. amazing. I saw the Mannix there a long time ago. Oh, that must have been good. It was the greatest hits cr- cr- Christmas tour. <laughs> and it was just hit after hit after hit. Well, you know, not hits, but, you know, stuff that you know. Motorcycle emptiness. And uh, my ears were ringing for two days afterwards. It was so <laughs> loud. Really? Oh, yeah. that's not so good. No, I should have taken earplugs. For my tender ears. Yeah. Yeah, I heard the Mannix from the other side of a field because I arrived late oh, the at Phoenix. the festival. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Phoenix. Yeah. 
They um, are good live. I mean, they're, they're good. I value. wished I was there, but I was like in a queue of traffic trying to get in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are very good value live. Yeah, I would have. Th- I thought they would be ideal for live. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I just look at the critical response for Lady Bird. It had a, mm-hmm. a standing ovation at the Toronto Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. It has a ninety-nine percent rating, which is very good. That's high. Um, the consensus reading it delivers fresh insights about the turmoil of adolescence and reveals debut writer-director Greta Gerwig as a fully formed filmmaking talent. Yeah, I think that's true. I, I think that it doesn't look like a first movie. Mm-hmm. It looks like... Well, it kind of... She has worked with her partner, Noah Bornback on several movies. So she's yeah, I was going to say, it sounds experience. like she's got more experience than you would say just from that. She's got some experience, but even so, working on something on your own is a daunting thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't look like she was overawed by it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so the film became the most reviewed film ever to remain at 100% on the site. So this was after that, beating previous record holder Toy Story 2. <laughs> it stayed at 100% until the 196th review was negative. This is Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, so the New York must Times... must be a competition to be the first negative reviewer. Yes. The New York Times said it was big screen perfection, exceptionally well written, full of wordplay word play and lively argument. Every line sounds like something a person might actually say, which means that the movie is also exceptionally well acted. I think I alluded to that earlier on. It feels mm. very real. Right, right, right. It feels Which I really grounded. Like. It feels real and grounded, but also engaging. I really like films where people speak like people really speak. So there's a... I think this is why I alluded to this being a dotted line to mid-90s. Mm-hmm. Because although mid-90s is a much lower budget, much more slightly edgier piece of work, it's also very naturalistic. Mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, Lady Bird is of that same kind of ilk, also set in California right. um, yeah, it's very very good very good cool highly recommended did, here's the question yes what What did you learn about life from it well okay so I learned that um, I learned that I'd quite like to I've always quite uh, had the idea of going to live in California it's kind of fa- okay. a fantasy place to go and live. Okay. But hearing... I wasn't expecting that. Hearing the character um, talking about what a cultural wasteland Sacramento is <laughs> made me think that maybe some parts of California are not as quite as nice as others. Apologies <laughs> to anybody who lives in Sacramento. <laughs> uh, so that's one thing. That's, mm-hmm. uh, the other thing is it taught me that there aren't enough mother-daughter relationships on screen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that they are in many ways far more interesting than father-son or relationships because they're caught up with guilt and emotion and things that don't really appear between a, a, a father and a son. Uh, very interesting stuff going on. Mm. Yeah. I was trying to think about Juno. Oh, yeah, that's a good movie. There are parents yeah. in Juno, aren't there? Yes, so the parents are played by, so Juno's parents, oh, the guy from Whiplash, I forget the actor's name now, J.K. Simmons plays her dad, mum mm-hmm. is played by T.J. Craig from the West Wing, can't remember the actress's name, ah. uh, what's her name, Alison yeah. Janney, Alison Janney, right, 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 yeah, she's good, yeah, she's good. So they are, they're a very believable couple, actually, mm-hmm. I think. Well, I think Juno is just a terrific movie. I've only seen it once. I don't remember much about it. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's very believable and, and grounded, but also very funny and light. And It's got a great soundtrack. A good pop music disc, um, not disco, pop music jukebox soundtrack. Right. Yeah, very good. Quirky music. Some Bella and Sebastian. Uh, Velvet Underground. Good stuff. 
So did you learn anything about your experience of being a son or a parent? From from um, Ladybird. From Ladybird. Um, yeah, I learned that uh, it's really good to talk. To mm-hmm. paraphrase 90s advert from <laughs> British Telecom. It's really good to talk to your children about how they're feeling. Right. Because uh, if you don't, stuff gets unsaid and then just sits there festering so that when really important things happen like you going to college or university you don't say i'm not going to go and say goodbye to my offspring right <laughs> you know it's uh yeah watching something like that or reading something like like can maybe give you a moment of clarity about a you have to get over the things that are stopping you speaking yeah also i think a lot of I haven't seen this film, but films like it, I think sometimes everyone's assuming that everyone already knows what you would say if you spoke. And yes. actually, people are quite often wrong about what what you're thinking. Yep. And and they can't just guess. And, yeah, it's quite hard to realise that, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, don't second guess what someone's about to say because you have no idea. And don't assume they already know the thing that you that you're going to find painful to say. Yes, exactly. Yeah, sometimes you just have to say it, even though it's painful. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a lot, a lot of the, a lot of the miscommunication in Lady Bird comes from them just not talking to each other, mm. um, and making, and as you say, making assumptions about what they might be about to say. Or getting, you get kind of pre-annoyed with someone. Yes. About how you know they're going to react to what you haven't even said. <laughs> yes. So you know her her mum's constant like you're not being you're not appreciative of what we're doing for you. It comes from a place where Ladybird just complains about Sacramento all the time and what a dump it is mm-hmm. in in her eyes. Um and and the kind of like you know her giving a hard time about it and saying you're not appreciative of it. It's kind of understandable, mm-hmm. but she doesn't understand that she wants to go and, you know, she wants to go and study somewhere else. Mm. So I think that also drives why she doesn't want to go to the airport and say goodbye. Mm. Um, and it it yeah. sounds like um, something that all parents could be tempted to do, which is um, like taking things personally that are that are not personal, not directed at you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, Lady Bird's feeling of frustration is, is largely to do with her where she lives rather than her mum and dad. Although that's kind of wrapped up in that because her mum and dad do live there. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, di- but yeah, yeah, rather yeah. than accept that you've failed your child, it's, it's easier to just think your child's wrong. Or whatever, yes. Yeah. It, it also reminds you that being an adolescent is really hard. Yeah. Um, and that I think that, you know, I think that these days people are just starting to acknowledge after a very long time that being an adolescent, being a teenager is a really hard thing to do. Yeah. And to try and get, cut them a bit of slack. Um, which, I'm, uh, you know. I'm experiencing, I have an increasing number of children who are becoming <laughs> adolescents. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you do. It is hard. It, it was awful yeah being an adolescent yeah because you're you're neither one thing nor the other you're You're both you're going through what i've decided physical and mental change yeah you're almost like a chrysalis but it's all on display for Mm. everyone all the time yeah your body's changing and uh you can't control it and it's tough you are you are both an adult and a child at the same time. Yes. You, yeah. So although you feel like an adult, you actually still have the same level of control that you did when you were a child in that people can still tell you what to do. But you also react sometimes like a child. Yes. Yeah. Even though you're capable of a very adult conversation at yes, another time. that's right. Yeah. Oh, it's difficult. Yeah. So there's a lot of that in Ladybird. It's very credible. It's very real. Yeah, I love that. If you're an adolescent, then uh, stick with it. Stick with it. As as again, Mark Como said, everything will be all right in the end. 
And if it's not the end, then... No, that's no, wrong. Oh, God. <laughs> Everything will be all right in the end. And if it's not all right, then it's not the end. Yeah, that's right. And Tom Hanks said, this too shall pass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is another way of saying everything will be all right at the end. I I think my my personal view is all the stuff that's going on in the world is a, the last gasp of of greedy white men, and this too shall pass. Yeah. So I think I think I hope that I think that if if the world gets a lot poorer. Yes. Because of a climate catastrophe. Which I think it probably will. Then I don't necessarily think that's how it's going to work out. I don't think the whole, the kind of enlight- wave of enlightenment that has come over the world over the last two millennia yeah. is just a matter of humanity gradually waking up. I think it's a matter of humanity becoming richer and having more time to think about yes. <laughs> stuff. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I think it could go backwards if if we end up poorer. Mm. But I also hope we can find a way to avoid the worst of the climate catastrophe yeah. and continue becoming richer due to technology. That is, that, is a, that is a strong hope. Yeah, it's a good one. And if we do continue becoming richer, I think we'll continue becoming uh, more empathic as well. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. We should do a podcast about that. I think, didn't you suggest that we do one, Hope versus Hate? What was it? Because we, we did Love versus Fear. did Love versus Fear. Were we going to do Hope versus Hate? So what we gonna do? Yeah, or something like that. Oh, yeah, and we were going to talk about the progress book. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Great. Although it might require some work on my part, so, yeah. Or well, and me, yeah. Actually talk about, is there hope? Yes, there is. The end. End of podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it, the book has done the majority of the work for me, so it'd just be a matter of me um, skimming through the book and uh, okay. quoting from it. Uh, I've got a podcast recommendation. Oh yeah, hit me. It's called Sixteen Nineteen. Okay. And it's all about slavery in America. Okay. From the very beginnings of it in sixteen nineteen. To the present day, wow, it's very good. It's it's uh, I think it's produced by the New York Times, um, but it's it's narrated by a woman whose um, ancestors were slaves. Right, it's really really interesting. Sixteen nineteen. Yep, definitely worth a listen. Nice. Yeah, very very got- well produced, very slick, but very very good. I've got a question for you. Yes. Um, my son is about to be fourteen. Oh, I'm I'm considering. Me too. I'm right, no, right, I'm right, not yes. about to be fourteen. My son is also <laughs> about to be fourteen. Yeah. Um. Yes, because our our sons were born within a couple of weeks of each other. Yes, they were. Yeah. When we knew each other. When we knew and each uh, other, we still know each other. I mean, no, I mean, at at a time in the past when we knew each other. Oh yes. Okay. Um. <laughs> And for a while, we felt that they were very far apart because they were so different from each other. Well, they are different there's people. A, there's about a two-week gap between them yes. in age. Well, because when when babies are that small, a two-week gap is quite significant. Yeah, but now, of course... They're pretty much the same. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, my son is about to be 14, and I'm considering letting him watch The Matrix, which is a 15... Is it a fi- I thought it was an 18, The Matrix. No. It's a 15. 15 on his birthday. Okay. Um, I wondered what you thought about that. Well, funny enough, I was considering letting my son watch Life of Brian. Right. Um, Is that a 15? That's a 15, yeah. I think I think my son's already watched that at someone else's house. What a film, though. <laughs> anyway, so The Matrix. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, amazing. The, the Matrix. Um we had a look at BBFC, but there was little, little information. Yeah, it. because it's quite it old. Said, so it said um, yeah. strong fantasy violence. Yes. So I think, but, I th- yeah, I think it's probably okay. I reckon the f- the fantasy violence in it is not as strong as in some of these silly Marvel films that are twelves. That's what I reckon. 
I think there's more blood in the Matrix. There's a lot of guns. There's a lot of there's guns. A lot of guns. Yeah. Guns. Lots, lots of, of guns. guns. <laughs> um, no, I think it's probably okay. There blood. Yeah, there is some blood. Yeah. And we were trying to remember whether there's any sex, but there is not in that one. There is in the sequel. Oh well. In the rubbishy rave scene. Right. It's rubbish. Oh, it makes me so sad. I know. Um, it's been such a long time since I've actually watched The Matrix. I know. I'm sort of looking forward to it if yeah. that is what happens. No, I think that's probably okay. I mean, I was looking at movies that have been reclassified 15. So Alien, when Ridley Scott recut it, was reclassified 15. Really? Yep. Huh. I wouldn't let my son watch Alien. That's terrifying. It is terrifying, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, the Terminator was reclassified 15. I wouldn't let him watch right. that. That's right, very right, right. that's very violent and quite sweary. It's quite, quite violent, isn't it? Yeah. I think the scene where he rampages through the police precinct is really violent. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was originally classified 18, as was Alien. Yeah, which seems... Yeah, I wouldn't have immediately chosen them as things that ought to be reclassified. No, 15. so I would not let my son watch either of those mm. uh, until he's past fifteen because I think they're pretty intense. Yeah, well, my son, we talked to him about the Matrix because we know it's the kind of thing he would love. Yeah, I think for years yeah. and years. Yeah, um, so you've so built it's tempting. it up. It's tempting. <laughs> what we've done, our policy in general has been that we follow the ratings pretty religiously right except in the case of Star Wars films where we entirely ignore them yeah I think that's reasonable yeah, it's Star Wars <laughs> so that seems to have been a policy that we followed yeah not, not because we think it's a good policy or we'd recommend it to anyone else yeah but it's Star Wars you know you've got to, they've got to watch Star Wars that's kind of the argument we were using have you seen the new Star Wars um which uh, yes yes I did see it I liked it it was okay yeah, I liked it. Yeah, okay, yeah, fine. We also watched Solo and turned it off halfway through because we were so bored. Yeah, Solo isn't great. Yeah, it's yeah. not great. I think I think the best of the of the Disney Star Wars has been Rogue One. Right. Yeah, that was okay. Yeah, that was okay. I liked the first one. What's it called? Oh, The Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah I it's liked good. The Force Awakens. Have I also like the second one. Yeah, I like the second one too. But I think Rogue One is is the best so far. Okay, I thought Ragnarok was fine. Yeah. Uh, um, hmm. Oh, speaking of um, Star Wars films, yes, a YouTube recommendation: the tubes of you, um, <laughs> uh, pitch meetings. Ah, okay. It's it's a series by someone called Movie Rants or something like that. But the the series of videos is called Pitch Meetings, mm. and it is. It's a bloke talking to himself, but dressed in a different costume, pretending to be two people, one of whom is the writer of the film. Right. Pitching to the studio exec. Oh, wow. The film. Lots of different films. There are hundreds of them for loads of different films, including various of the Star Wars films. Right. And totally unpacking the (laughs) ridiculous um, plot contradictions and failures in all of these famous films. Yeah. Um, and then the movie execs like, but wouldn't it? Wouldn't this blah blah blah? And it's like, uh, no, it'll be fine. And just <laughs> just move on. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and it, it was really funny. Pitch meetings. Okay, I need to look out for that. Cool. I think that's it. Any plugging? No. <laughs> well, I had this podcast right. feed that I haven't updated for months, so. <laughs> Um, but I'll say okay so it's called movie mashup no camel case no caps but I haven't updated it for a month because I haven't really had anything to talk about (laughs) to be honest I I don't think I've got any plugging because I haven't actually made a YouTube video for quite a long time Mm. Um, oh I've got something really fun to talk about oh yeah so I recently wrote a game um, uh, where you're a little spaceship flying along a tunnel you know really ancient yes a really ancient flappy bird style game now so the spaceship on a tunnel that and what it, was that it, called it, originally it's, i think it was just called tunnel or something okay like that. yeah anyway you're, you're scrolling to the right mm-hmm. you're, you can in the original you're a dot so it's a horizontal scroller yeah, yeah yeah and all you have to do there's gravity and you just have to stay not hit the walls. Mm-hmm. So it's like Flappy Bird. Just like Flappy Bird. Flappy Bird was basically a copy of it. Yeah, okay. Anyway, I copied that. Um, so I made that game, and that was fun. And I, I mainly partly did it um, 
for to learn about a new uh, how to do uh, Rust, which is and compile that into WebAssembly, which I think words that you might or might not understand. Uh, it's fun. Um, Rust, by the way, is amazing. I might have talked about that before. Yeah, I think you have. And WebAssembly also really cool. Um, but my friend not only scored <laughs> three times what anyone else scored wow. playing it manually. Okay. So the top score I've got is about 13,000, and, and my friend TTTPPP, as he likes to be known on the internet, um, is uh, uh, scored 36,000. What? So A, A, respect. But B, the, he then wrote an AI that plays the game. Even better. By, um, it, 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 it takes screenshots, essentially, of the screen, uh, figures out where the walls are, yeah. and then decides whether or not to boost the rocket. That's awesome. And the AI can score something like 17,000, I think. So 17,000. Okay, so it's not that good. Not as good as him, but better than any other human player. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was quite awesome to have written a little game and chucked it out into the world and then someone wrote an AI to play it. That's I was cool. very, very excited. That's very that. cool. Nice one. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll link to it from... If you look on my GitLab, gitlab.com slash Andy Balaam, Mm. You'll find that the game is just called Tunnel, right? And I'll I'll link from the homepage of that to the the AI player because I'm so impressed. Cool. There you go, listener. Beat that high score. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, go to gitlabcom slash Balam slash Tunnel, um, and there's a link there to so you can play the Tunnel game. Excellent. Egg. That's my plugging. That was plugging. That was that was definitely some plugging. Yeah, that that was plugging. Also, um, you can tweet us on some kind of legacy social media platform. If you must. On at GoodRobotAndies. Or you can go to um, Mastodon.social. What is it? Mastodon.social, thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> You're get, welcome. Get yourself an account on Mastodon.social, one of the other... Rastodon. Many, many other Mastodon, Rastodon servers in, in the Fediverse, because that's what it's called, the Fediverse. So you don't have to just join Mastodon.social. You can join any of the... Um, completely independent websites are all part of this network of people talking to each other in what is known as the Fediverse. Yes. And then you can find us. We are goodrobotandies at mastodon.social. We are. And if you follow <laughs> us, you'll like, you know, see toots from us. Doot, doot. Toot. Toot. That's and what they're called, toots. Toots, rather than tweets. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. Is that it? I think that's it. That's it. Nice. That was a good See one. See you next time. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers. Bye.